G'day, everybody. It's time for another LJ and Redders AFL podcast. Without any further ado, sports journalist with the Wimmera Mail down there in Horsham in Western Victoria, Lucas James Holmes. Hello, mate. Good evening, David. Evening, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm a bit late, but yes, work and um, yeah, talking to players, all part of a sports journalist, as you, as you, as you said there. But no, looking forward to catching up. Some uh, A couple of big games, David, some bigger uh, retirements, one particularly close to home for you and I, and uh, yeah. I, a big uh, extension that we finally waited for that a certain uh, president said he'd offer in August, and uh, he got there eventually as well. Indeed. Um, yes, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm being supplanted by Lucas's job these days. That's why we're a little bit late, but uh, as I told him today, to be fair, it's not a problem. I'll happy to do this at any time for the great man. Okay, straight into it, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a lot to get through tonight. Um, results from last week, Collingwood 16-13, Geelong 5-11, another terrific game of football. Gee, the quality of football's been good, and the results. Essendon are not being convincing, except, you know, they're winning. 13-8 over North Melbourne, 12-5, and they were a bit lucky, Essendon. That, this score flattered the Gold Coast. They kicked a couple of late goals. Sydney 18-6, Gold Coast 13-12, Sydney in great form. Brisbane just held on against a very gallant Adelaide, 15-9, 13-15. Carlton over Melbourne in another thriller, 9-6 to 8-8 with controversy in that game. A lot of controversy out of this game, particularly when you're west of the South Australian border. Fremantle 2014, West Coast 4-9. And I'm going to ask Luke, we'll might you all down on this a little bit. Not just the result, not necessarily the result. Adam Simpson might be out the door. Hawthorne changed the makeup possibly of the finals. Hawthorne 9-13, Western Bulldogs 9-10. And why a seven foot five Ruckman would be kicking out at the death is beyond me. St Kilda, very convincing. 14 9, Richmond 8 9. Um, Richmond have basically given up the ghost. And Port Adelaide belted the Giants, to be quite frank with you, 21 10 to 13 7. Lucas, as we've got a lot to get through, what would you like to focus on in those results? Uh, first of all, um, Collingwood and Geelong was just great football, and Collingwood really won that game with 21 men and maybe, given that Dugowie possibly out this weekend, maybe even 20 and a half men. They did a great job. Yeah, he's out, David. Those teams have dropped in the last hour or so. But I'll start there saying that um, you have, but that's not the game that really had the implications, as you referred to no. in the Hawthorne Dogs game. We'll get to that because I got a large portion of that one. But yeah, Collingwood... Um, gritty and, and and got away with it in the end, didn't? As he said, there, Darcy Moore going down with a hamstring, which Maiati had issues with in the in the start of his career. Um, that haven't really reoccurred to now, which is, which is big. We spoke about that actually. I think we spoke about that on Saturday when we were talking at forty or so, either Saturday or Sunday. You're mentioning that Moore had string issues when he was much younger. Yeah, of course. Now he was picked ten in that 2014 draft. Um, and in those early early part of his career, when he played as a forward, David, that's where he, what he got that's drafted right. as. Um, that, but they've occurred and they've put him on ice till the first week. The finals, which we spoke about last week, is three weeks away now, not two. Again, uh, crucial with that pre-finals. Oh. Um, but to the game itself, um, they just kept coming, didn't they? Uh, excuse me, Geelong had two periods where they were up by three or so goals. And, and they were dominant when you looked at the stats too, David. They were, this is Geelong. They were plus six inside 50s, uh, plus eight clearances, um, plus uh, seven contested. But Collingwood blew them away with the uncontested footy, David. They were minus 42, Geelong were. And, there, and, and, and again, a few talking points out of that game. Um, Josh Dacos stepped up, didn't he? He had a career-high yes. 38. 
Uh, four tackles, three clearances, but more importantly, seven score involvements and 564 metres gained. For me, I thought Tom Atkins was the pick of the bunch. Um, for Geelong, Dangerfield was back to his best with nine clearances. He had 530 metres gained, but uh, Atkins, he had 34 touches, eight clearances uh, and eight tackles. Um, the talk there for Jeremy Cameron, he kicked seven, probably four. Well, it, it seven goals, four. Yeah, technically should have been six as the AFL came out and said and said later on. Brody oh. Brody Meyer check kicked five, Ollie Henry kicked four. But yeah, the uh, you'd have been turning the volume down on me if we were commentating on that game. I'd have gone off my dial. That was just a massive error. It really was. Yeah, and and the AFL admitted as such. And of course, you can't handball out of bounds. You're allowed you're allowed to uh, kick the ball out of bounds as long as you're going. Uh, on your line, we saw in the Collingwood Port Adelaide game a few weeks ago. Um, I believe it was Alia Alia got pulled up, David, because he, he he was out of bounds, was kicking out of bounds, but it was a judge by the umpire he'd gone beyond his mark. Therefore, um, the ball, the boundary umpire blew his whistle and um, called for the ball in. But yeah, that one shouldn't have been paid. And as people could have said, and they did stay at that stage, if a game was decided by that, you'd be filthy. Um, but looking at the game as well, we spoke about Moore's hamstring um, that will sideline him for the rest of the season. Gary Rowan as well. Um, Geelong do this uh, more American football thing where they go short, medium, long term. Um, the short term Rowan with a hamstring and Reese Stanley is a, a test with a hip injury as well, David. And onto the game that had the uh, huge yeah. ramifications for the finals. And that was, and I want to come back to West Coast and Freo in a minute. Hawthorne somehow defeating the Bulldogs by three points. And it has a massive effect on the finals because it keeps a couple of teams very, very much in the loop. They being Adelaide and Geelong and GWS Lucas. It does. And I actually didn't get much of the Hawthorne Collingwood game the week before, David. So this is this is the first time in probably three or four weeks where I've seen a full game full game of Hawthorne. You can see exactly why I'm the trouble and they've beaten some of the better teams in the competition, David. Um, th- throughout this year, they're just run and carry. They just swarm off half-back. They run, they carry, and they push all the way up the ground. So they can be slightly vulnerable if you turn it over in the corridor um, on the counter. But they were great. Um, they held the Western Bulldogs goalless, David, in the third term when the dogs were running with the breeze there down at York Park in, in Launceston, and they just had the better of them. They had they had the answer. John Newcomb, career-high 40 touches, David, a goal, four tackles, five clearances. Carl Amon as well came across from Port. Of, of course, um, prior to this season, he had 704 metres gained along with 32 disposals. Um, for the Dogs, um, Ed Richards, almost said Lou then, I would have been a little bit out of order. 23 disposals, two tackles. And Marcus Bontempelli, David, you'll get to him a bit later on, I gather. He had 23, eight tackles, seven clearances and uh, 686 metres gained. Before we get into uh, the, the issue you, you brought up earlier on, David, and rightly so, a couple of big injuries out of that one. Uh, Chad Wingard, who's actually out of contract at season's end, he'll miss the next year or so, at least nine to 12 months. He ruptured his Achilles, David. Uh, horrible to see an injury like that. And Tom Liberatore, that was in the second term, um, going back a little bit. And Tom Liberatore was out of the contest, David, about the same time too with concussion. So he'll uh, miss the next week or two. Lucas, explain to me why Tim English was doing the kick-in duties. Yeah, 
I, it's unfathomable. It, it, it's a mistake that can't be made, David, and potentially you, you, you wouldn't want it to be made now at the best of times, but the way the dogs are, are looking on the ladder, and we'll get to that in a bit too, it could yep. be, it can, it can prove costly. They all knew, they all know at that stage, David, you were to go long down the middle. English has got to be one that they're, they're looking to target from the kick in, but you put, you put English there, you throw, um, potentially Norton up the ground as well and you, and you leave Google Hagen or Norton one out of the 50 and you push everybody up the ground and you try and get them with the guys that run and carry in, in that gap between the centre wing and, and the arc of the 50. That's what you've got to do. Yeah, and I don't think we'll see it again, David. It was a, it, it was a bad mistake. That's all it can be classed as. And that's why I love talking football with Lucas because he's just given you a, a, a prototype for what is the standard. And he's talked you through everybody what should have actually happened with a, admittedly with a very good kick, a positional kick. Kicking out from the goal square is an absolute skill. You have to do this and do it. You've got to have one wonderful kicking skills on either side of your body, um, and you've got to, if in doubt, you've got to do something standard that gives you the best chance possible. And the dogs didn't. Before we go to the ladder. With the CEO of the West Coast Eagles, Trevor Nisbet, now announcing that he's uh, not going to renew his contract, he'll stay till they've got someone. The very, t- the, well, not very talented, the extraordinarily talented um, Nick Napnewier retiring after um, Shannon and after uh, Luke Shuey. Um, well, West Coast, I think Adam Simpson's done. I, I'm sorry, I'm not being nasty. I just think they're going to have millions of dollars at their disposal. The question's going to be, A, can they entice people to come to to Subiaco where they're based? Or are they going to be gone for years? I just think Simpson's gone. I really do. Yeah, it, it, it depends, David, one, if you want. Well, he's contracted, isn't he? And that and and the reason they were, they were originally a little bit iffy is the payout. Um concerned with his contract, which I don't have in front of me, but I'll I'll, I'll dig that up. And, but it, two, it's also to do with what talent in terms of coaching talent you'd be able to um, to bring over. The, the the talk, not necessarily with West Coast, but w- with Richmond really was that of, of Josh Carr, a, a talented uh, up-and-comer, David, that's been Ken Hinckley's understudy with Port Adelaide for a period of time. He's since now staying at Port Adelaide. Um, so I don't think Josh Carr will move the... Um, the, the talk potentially would be um, with a transition um, with with Hinkley and with Carl when Hinkley's contract is up. I believe that's now the end of uh, 2025. Um, but that's Port right. Have, he signed for two more years. That's correct. Yeah, that's confirmed. Port have denied a, a succession plan in place, but you never know. Um, that would that would make the most common sense. But then again, it's a matter of if you're able to bring talent. Obviously, if they're from this side of the country, it's a big move. You have to uproot your family. Uh, kids look for houses, look for schools and all that sort of thing, which I think m- most people, um, when you look at the sporting aspect, take that for granted. Um, so I think that's going to be a, a big part of it, although there's there's very talented coaches, David. It'd be interesting. I know Richmond, they've come out and said they're looking for a first-time coach. Um, so it'd be a matter of what path West Coast look to, come to, look to go down because there are extremely talented first-time coaches out there. You look at your level three, your level four coaches, you look at your Robert Harveys. You look at your Daniel Gian Syracuse's. Um, there, there are quite a few talented um, coaches around the country. Um, a matter of if they are able to uh, secure their services. 
All very interesting points. Uh, look, Simpson's a premiership coach. He's done a great job over there and struggled along while, while they've been, they're bottoming out. Um, I just, uh, my question with the West Coast is if they've got all this money, obviously they'll get active in the draft and try and get a haul. But I think they're going to go, they're going to go on target plays. You just wonder if there's any Western Australians in that right age group that are playing elsewhere that might be enticed to go back to play in blue and yellow. I actually don't think they will. And I think that's why Josh Carr is staying at Alberton because he's, he's with the side that's, you know, going to make the final four. Yeah. It, you know, it wasn't West Coast. It was, um, with concern with Carr, it was more Richmond, but yeah, same, same sort of deal. Um, as far as yeah, I understand. Yeah. Well, the, the reason that he wants to know what he's doing is that he has options and Richmond might be interested in him. You never know. Although he's not a first time coach. I don't think Richmond will go for a first-time coach despite their retirements, which we'll talk about retirements in a minute because there's been a gluttony of them. Okay, if the finals are played this weekend, it'll be Collingwood and Melbourne on the Thursday night. Oh, my goodness me, that would be a complete sellout. Lucas might have to get on down for that one and have a very late night. Brisbane and Port Adelaide at the Wollongabba on the Friday night. Now, looking at this draw, and I saw an article on this today, it'd be Carlton and the Western Bulldogs at the MCG on Saturday and then St Kilda and Sydney at Docklands on the Saturday. So they want to play those finals on the Saturday. Okay, and then Essendon and GWS lurking outside. GWS's uh, big loss cost them percentage at their 10th. Geelong 42 and Adelaide clinging on like a limpet on 40. Adelaide and Geelong have actually got very good percentage if they can get them so often. Of course, in Geelong's case, they don't need to worry about percentage because they're on a different point cycle because of a draw. So, again, that'll be Collingwood and Melbourne, then Brisbane and Port, and that game at the Wall and Gabba. Carlton and the Dogs at the MCG and St Kilda and City, probably Saturday twilight or Saturday night would be the setup of the uh, the finals as we ha- as they, it stands. Now, that won't be the finals, everybody. It, I guarantee you that will not be the way it finishes, particularly this weekend. It's a massive weekend for Port because Brisbane's got Collingwood and Collingwood can secure the minor premiership. You just wonder whether Collingwood injury is going to come back and hurt him. Before we go to round 23, some retirements and some injuries. So the injuries we're talking about, Jack Gunston, not good. Uh, Chad Wingard, gone. He may never play football again. Darcy Moore, a string a couple of weeks. Rowan, a string a couple of weeks. Gunston's injury was not good, reading, reading the press on that injury. Yeah, Gunston, um, which I'll get back in front of me, that I'm fearing it could have been um, a lot worse um, than it did, David. Um, he strained a medial collateral ligament, ligament, excuse me, in his left knee, um, which is leaving, uh, according to afl.com.au, his, fi- his finals um, series in limbo. They, um, I'm just trying to read d- down as well. Um, they're just determining the best quarter course of action for Gunston, obviously a veteran player. So you'd expect them um, to be pretty, um, pretty cautious when it comes to that. Obviously a player of his age and the role that he plays um, in, in the forward line there. They were initially fearing it could have ended his season, David, but they're now um, slightly optimistic that he can, he could get back on, on, on the injury front. Also uh, for Brisbane, um, Daniel Rich did a hamstring in the VFL, David on the weekend. So he'll be unavailable for up to four weeks, which again, almost potentially rules him out unless Brisbane go deep, deep into the final series. Indeed. Um, now, some uh, we'll get the round twenty-three preview will be last before we go to local leagues. Ken Hinckley <clears throat> has been extended at Port Adelaide for two years. We've discussed that. Um, that's uh, 
that's a testament to the fact that he's done an excellent job under enormous pressure this year. When you win 13 games in a row, most clubs are not going to flick you out the door. Some interesting retirements during the week. The two at the end of Lucas's list here, sadly, are concussion-related. Full season, and of course, Paddy McCartney's had no luck. Both of them, Lucas, have retired due to the results of concussion. And in Paddy McCartney's case, it's a matter of what if. Seedsman's actually had a pretty serviceable career, but McCartney's just got belted from pillar to post, and he has to stop playing for his own well-being. Yeah, McCartney's probably the least surprising one um, of the lot, to be honest, David. And again, um, concussion-related. Um, informed his uh, teammates of the decision on Monday. But, of course, as he said there, and rightly so, a matter of what if. He's 27 years of, of age, David. He was the number one pick, of course, of the 2014 uh, draft, obviously delisted by St Kilda, of course, with the uh, concussions. He only played 35 games, David, in what? 15, in five, in, in 35 games of a possible five seasons worth of football, David, delisted by the Saints at the end of 2019. And then, Played um, VFL with Sydney, David, and was selected as a rookie at the end of 2021. Uh, 24 games at the club with Sydney, of course. Those two defensive linchpins, of, along with his brother, David Paddy and Tom McCartan, were were outstanding, particularly last season um, when the Swans made, made that grand final run, of course. Um, but, yeah, with, with the issues, I think it was round four this year. It was fairly innocuous too, wasn't it? It was a non-contact concussion, David, sort of slipped went sort of shoulder headfirst into the ground. And unfortunately, that was his uh, his last moments in the Australian Football League. Yeah, it's scarily reminiscent of Will Pukowski, to be honest with you. Lucas, who's been the better footballer? Jack Revolt or his cousin Nick? Yeah, yeah, it's big, isn't it? Of course, both Tasmanians. Um, the, the the one thing that's missing on Nick Revolt's uh, re- uh, resume, David, that Jack's got, is he's got three rings, exactly. Um, Jack, of course, having a big career with Richmond, one club player, and yeah, you, you try and look at it. You, you look at his resume, and it's big, isn't it, David? Um, just oh, it is huge. Third top goal kicker, and he's kicked more goals than Bartley. He's only behind Jack Titus and Matthew Richardson. Yeah. Three hundred and forty-six games, so he, he's played the second most games behind Bartlett. Yeah, and he's what three? He's about twelfth in the all-time. Uh, Yes. Career kicking charts, David. Uh, behind Richardson, of 14 goals behind Richardson there. Revolt 786, playing his last game in Melbourne this weekend too, David, alongside Trent Cochin. So it'll be big, uh, big for um, Richmond against North Melbourne. B- big game. And so right, should rightly go out on a high. Just wanting to touch very quickly too before we move on to the next um, lot of retirements to that, David, on Paul Seedsman quickly. Obviously, around, obviously, with two clubs, with Collingwood, um, with Adelaide, um, won an Anzac Day medal, David, a while ago now. Um, in that game against Essendon, obviously, excuse me, on Anzac Day, Seisman himself, 132 games across 13 seasons. And unfortunately, much like Max Lynch a couple of weeks ago now, David, it was an independent panel um, adjudicated that Seisman should cease playing contact sports immediately. And, of course, had a great uh, 2017 season with Adelaide when they went uh, extremely close to a premiership, got to a grand final, in fact. So a, a, a big winger runner can kick the ball an absolute mile. But, unfortunately, the concussion and the fear of uh, potential brain damage down the line has uh, denied Seedsman of having a, a, a long... Well, he's had a long career, but he's only played, as I said, 132 games across the 13 seasons. 
I, I don't know what to think of Nick Natanui's career because he's he's unlike any big man I think I've ever seen because of his athleticism. He is by far the most athletic ruckman I have ever seen. I've always thought Dean Cox and Simon Madden were the two most skillful ruckmen ever. And, of course, Peter Moore, Darcy Moore's father, was pretty much – he was a dual brain layer medalist. And, of course, that's how special Peter Moore is. He won them at separate clubs. But he was really like a six-foot-six, six-foot-six-and-a-half ruck rover. But Nat knew he's in another level. And I hate to think what he would have done if he'd have played uh, – he would have been a world-class rugby union player as, as a second rower. Absolutely not uh, as what they call a lock now. I just He's had a lot of injuries. But, goodness me, a human highlight reel. And I think he's had a pretty good career to get over to, over 200 games, all-Australian premiership, um, premiership with the West Coast. He's had a pretty decent career, Louis. He has, David. Yeah, but as you said, their injuries have really contailed um, the back half of his career. Uh, Achilles robbed him of this season, David, and only played eight games in 2022 um, because of knee injuries. And we all remember that big game um, at Subiaco where he took that puck mark against North Melbourne late in that game to, to get them over the line. But as you said there, an outstanding athlete, um, great ruck, and he would have played a bit, a bit of football with Dean Cox as well. So imagine that one-two punch. Um, early in Nat Newey's career. So that that ex, ex, that would have been extremely dangerous. And you can only imagine, um, with, well, with those retirements for West Coast, Hearn, not so much with injuries, but particularly Shuey and Nat Newey, David, those two retirements are, are more or less to do with injury. And, and and you would have to look at their contracts to see how much they would have been on. Nat Newey would have been a hell of a lot. Um, so when, when you lose that type of experience, David, and when you lose that type of money, um, in relation to the the amount of talent you can put on the field, David, it, ha- it has a has a bearing, and that's potentially why we've seen a drop off of West Coast in the last couple of years. Oh, absolutely fair. That the the players have just got old reasonably quickly. Um, I maintain Nat Newey could have done anything in sport. I just think he's such a freakish athlete. Um, and you wonder what it would have been like as a bar. Basketball. I do think, given that he's um, Melanesian background, he would have been perfectly suited to being an international class rugby union player. I've got no doubt in my mind with his physique and his athleticism. The, and, you know, you imagine teams like the All Blacks being after him if they can find any New Zealand heritage at all. So, no, great player. Any if, uh, uh, any further retirements you wanted to discuss before we go into some pretty important games? A couple we won't spend much time on, but a couple we will. Uh, not retirements as such. But a, a, a contract extension, David, to a uh, to a to a veteran player, Rory Sloan, has signed on for sixteenth season at Adelaide. So that could have gone either way. But he's uh, he's going into his two hundred and fifty fifth game this weekend, David, of AFL footy, and the thirty three year old will play again in twenty twenty four. So you, you look at Adelaide's list; it's a it's a fine balancing point. You've obviously got your uh, your experienced players, your veterans like your Walkers. Um, like your Sloans, and then you look at some long-term injuries too there. Um, Jordan uh, Bart's gone down with that foot injury. Tom Duda yep. is the big one, David, with the with the defender going down with that ACL mid-year. He's only 28, but he's a, a very experienced player. So it'd be interesting to see how they go about it. Will they try and look to trade and offload someone like Duda? Might be a little bit hard um, because of his injury situation, but the list they've got there in Adelaide, it's it's a good one. And uh, a little bit closer to home, Daniel Lloyd's announced his retirement. Yeah, big one. Um, 
for, for the lo- for the locals anyhow that only came this afternoon too david I- I- interesting story um away from sort of the lo- the local connection too um with lloyd um went went in the rookie draft a while ago now david um was he played about 86 games i believe no, I didn't. he's played 96 and he went to the bulldogs first he did too sorry 96 again um rolling through but eight seasons uh, in the AFL, David, only 31 years of age, but his story again um, went went back home, David, to to the Central Coast to work as a carpenter, and then got picked up um, assistant coach there at Kalani Vale at the time, Mark Spike McVeigh, um, fought, 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 in, fought him and and made Leon Cameron have a walk and played as a role player, David. But 96 games again, getting the Giants to a grand final. He's had some big games and. It'd be interesting to see if he dons the red and black again next year, as we as we think he may. I, I think he will. It's only thirty one, um, and you know you've got a pretty decent Kalanibal side in what is the most even open AFLHEC season in living memory. There's one of any one of four sides can actually win it, which is fantastic for competitive balance in that league where it's been dominated by two clubs. Of course, KV broke that stranglehold last year, but he um, with Kalanibal having lost him, it's tough to call him. If Daniel Lloyd comes back and plays, and um, I would have imagined that he wouldn't affect their points very much because he's a KB junior. Yeah, he's a one-point player. Is that, that current that, AFL? That, that's a big one, and you see it with Ararat particularly here too, David. Um, Tom Williamson, only a one-point player because he's an Ararat junior. So you, well, you that's the at- way the system works. That's that 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 is the, the way the system works. So look, very exciting. Um, he's had a great career of, of a bloke. He's made the most out of everything he's got. He's pretty big, you know, pretty reasonable giant, and he has filled a lot of holes for my boys. Uh, so we wish him well and hope that the Giants can play four more games in the season and get him up to 100. Okay, the games this weekend, ladies and gentlemen, there are some huge ones. No, none really bigger, for particularly for the Lions. It's not so big for Collingwood. Um, Collingwood playing Brisbane, and Eddie Maguire, not a happy camper because this game's at Docklands on Friday night. Collingwood and Brisbane. Then early Saturday, in a game that doesn't matter, Richmond and North. The Gold Coast hosting Carlton, and Carlton's going to keep on winning. That's at Carrara. The Giants in Essendon, and trust me, this game does matter. Um, hopefully the trains are bloody well running at Sydney Olympic Park this uh, uh, this Saturday afternoon. That's Saturday twilight. St Kilda and Geelong is a big game. The, the Saints are a real show there, but the Tomahawks back for Geelong. Adelaide and Sydney, interestingly, Adelaide have been listed as short price favourites. The Swans have got a couple of injuries, but they're playing good footy. The Western Bulldogs and the West Coast Eagles, the perfect time for the Western Bulldogs to put the foot down and get some percentage. Twilight's an interesting game. It's Melbourne and Hawthorne at the G, finishing off with Fremantle and Port Adelaide. It's probably the one time that Port would want to go to Perth because they're probably cherry ripe to get a victory. Lucas, let's go through it. Uh, Collingwood and Brisbane, we know that Jordan Nakoe's out. We know Daniel Rich wasn't playing anyway. Um, I've got Collingwood here. I think this will be a great game of football. I've got Collingwood by 12 points. Sorry, I did pick Collingwood last week, you'll remember. I actually had a pretty reasonable round last last week, tipping, which for some bizarre reason, at the end of this year, after being absolutely for 16 rounds, for some bizarre reason, I've been able to... Something, something's happened. I don't know what it is. I must have had a brain transplant. Um, I've got Collingwood. I tipped Collingwood last week. I'm going to tip them again. I just think Brisbane struggle in Melbourne. Yeah, I, I had I had going that way too, David. And just before I jump to my tip, interesting point you brought up with a former president before the Collingwood actually went to the AFL 
about halfway through the season and they tried to they tried to swap venues for the Fremantle and Collingwood game. David, that that game was scheduled for the MCG. They tried to swap that game and this game against Brisbane, they tried to swap venues. So that would have meant that the Fremantle game would have been at Marvel and the Brisbane game would have been the MCG, David. The AFL denied the request, the uh the request, and therefore this game's at Marvel Stadium tomorrow evening. Uh, looking at the teams, David, uh, more out, Bobby Hill out with a ham- with hamstring awareness. Uh, Jordy Dugowie out with that with a glute injury. Um, Craig McRae came out uh, yesterday in his presser, David, and said that if it was a grand final or a, a, su- a sudden death final, um, he'd be pushing uh, Hill and Dugowie to play. Um, on the Brisbane front, uh, Kitty Coleman comes back, David, after a face injury that held him out of last week. And, of course, uh, Gunston out and Jackson Pryor, uh, Gunston out with the knee, excuse me, and Jackson Pryor uh, being admitted. Uh, you look at these two sides, form lines, David Brisbane have won the last five games against Collingwood. Um, you, we know how poor they can be in Melbourne, but I just think with, particularly with that Dugowie, um out, David, they lose a lot of that drive and contested ball, which Collingwood have been pouring in the last month. Um, and that's coming from me, so that must mean something. But yeah, Brisbane for me, David, even though it's in Melbourne, in Melbourne, I'll go Brisbane and I'll tip them by 14 points for me. I think Richmond will beat North Melbourne pretty comfortable with that. North Melbourne are, are basically a VFL side with a couple of good players, but North Melbourne, not a good side. Nah, a couple of a couple of big injuries too, David. Of course, Ben Cunnington now retired to kick two goals last week in his final game of footy, which is good to see. But yeah, Richmond, particularly with uh, Cochin and... Um, and Revolt playing their last games in Melbourne. I think that'll be big for them. Um, Hopper coming back in as well. Um, just some, a couple of omissions there. Bauer, Coulthard and Mansell being the sub of last week. But yeah, I don't think there's much thought to it. Richmond, uh, probably what, eight goals, I reckon at least. Yep, 50 points, correct. Yep. Carlton and the Gold Coast. Carlton's just going to keep on winning, and I think they will. The Gold Coast have actually had a reasonable season. And remember that they flicked their coach as well. There's some real talent at that football club. And it's as if that hasn't been said before. But interestingly, they aren't spending $1.4 million on a Brownlow medalist. They've got some very, very talented young players. Tuke Miller has hardly played any football and they've been okay. Um, Anderson and Raul are the two that made the difference. And I think Wits is in one of the top three recommend in the AFL. I don't think that's abundantly clear. I still think Carlton will win. Yeah, in- interesting too. And I think more than news, David, from this game is out of the Carl- Carlton camp. Harry Mackay returning... After that knee injury, be interesting to see. But Carlton in the last couple of weeks, particularly in that game against Collingwood, which I watched the majority of, um, they were their smalls were really impactful inside the Ford 50, swarming with tackles, with forward pressure and things like that. So it'd be interest, interesting to see if that drops off as a result of going with two talls forward of the football. Um, obviously, we'll have to wait and see for that. So Mackay, the only change. Uh, Fogarty with soreness. Ed Kerno, the sub, drops out. Uh, for the Gold Coast, Johnson, Fiorini, uh, Butterick, Ben King's back. So that'll be a good battle with him and Jacob Wittering, who will almost go, I think it'll be him and Adam Chera potentially going for their best and fairest later in the season. Um, that last month for Wittering, he's been absolutely superb. Uh, Alex Sexton's the other one. So you look you look at the sides there, but Carlton, it was actually this um, fixture, David, what, in the last two months, three months ago that really charged their season up. I think they kicked 10 goals in the second quarter, David, to blow it right open. So this was the fixture that that set their season on the right path, and I think it'll happen again. Carlton, for me, David, by six goals. 
Carlton by four goals for me. I think Gold Coast will make them uh, earn it at Heritage Bank. GWS and, and Essendon play at Sydney Olympic Park uh, on the Twilight game on Saturday. Um, both sides have to win. Uh, GWS have had a, a poor two weeks after being for seven weeks one of the best sides in the AFL. Essendon somehow have won two games against lowly clubs by about a combined not 10 points. GWS for mine, I'm not convinced with Essendon, and I think that GWS will just get home and keep their flickering hopes alive. Yeah, at home, I'm probably looking that way too, David. Sam Draper's a big in uh, for Essendon, frees them up in the middle a little bit more, of course, being a rock. And Stringer is the other one. You're never quite sure what you can get week to week with Stringer when he's healthy. Um, does that throw their forward balance out, which they've been decent at up until the last two or three weeks? So that'll be interesting to see how they go about it. But I just think with the Giants at home, that may get them over the line. The only uh, apprehension I have, Nick Haynes out with illness. Um, so that may he's not he's not a key defender, he's that sort of third player over the top sort of deal, the intercept marker. So interesting to see how they go about it there, but I'll still tip the Giants at home, David. I think it'll be tight though. And the of course the loser of this game can kiss their season goodbye because it's what nine v ten on the ladder. So uh the, the loser of this one's gone and I'll and I'll tip the Giants, David, by two goals. Giants by fifteen points for me. So Kilda and Geelong's a really intriguing game of football. It really is. Interesting on the sports, but Geelong are clear favourites. I'm not going to tip them. I reckon Geelong are really struggling. And St Kilda just showed me enough last week. I think St Kilda is going to just make the eight. I really do. And I think St Kilda will win. Um, I just, there's, Geelong are not convincing. They're too up and down. Now, they played good 40 against Collingwood last week. Don't get me wrong. But, gee, um, I reckon St Kilda's got a bit of ability. Tom Hawkins coming back makes his, he's a big in, let's face it. But I'm going to pick St Kilda in what is possibly an upset. Yeah, I, I, if you term it like that, I think you would as well. Unfortunately, I'm not going to agree with you. I think Geelong, they, they showed the glimpses. They just couldn't finish off get, finish off the game last week, could they? Um, Hawkins is obviously big. Uh, Jed Buse is the other one. shores up the defence a little bit. We spoke about some of Geelong's injuries earlier. Rowan out with a hamstring. Uh, Stanley with that hip and a doctor and Brandon Parfitt who's had a solid year this season, hasn't been able to quite fit into their 23 um, throughout the season. He's out as a sub, David. But I think Geelong have too much strength forward of the football. Um, Henry is sort of that third tall. It's interesting to call him that, but that's what he is. Um, I think they just might have too much flexibility forward of the football. St Kilda have had issues with their key defenders when it comes to health, um, David, throughout the season. And I think that may... Uh, may be slightly detrimental to them. I'll tip Geelong, David, even though it's at, at Docklands, and I'll tip them by three goals. This next game is a fabulous game of football, the Adelaide Oval, Adelaide and Sydney. Adelaide, clear favourites. Gee, that's an interesting get with, with the, the Swans um, having played so well over the last five or six weeks. I find this very, very difficult to pick. Um, it's Adelaide have got to have a lot of things go right to make the eight. A lot. Sydney don't have to have a lot of things. They've just got to keep on winning. I think the Swans have got it in them. Am I brave enough to pick them? Yes. I'm going to pick them by eight points. There you go. Yeah. I I, I, I honestly think it's one of those games where the uh, location really swings it, David. Um, some big ins there for Sydney, though. Rampy back. Braden Campbell, we know. Oh, we know oh, ra- ra- Rampy's huge for them, my friend. Yeah. Rampy is massive for them. Rampy's big, but Campbell gives them that run off a window, that left foot of his. He's one of the better ball users in the entire league. Um, France, Francis goes out. Roberts out. Amadi out with that hamstring. So that gives them a little bit 
um, less f- flexibility for to the football. So the majority of, of the load will be, have to be managed by Logan McDonald. Um, Ryan Clark, too, is a sub out. So they, again, lose some uh, tagging ability in the midfield, which they may need. Um, on the Adelaide side, Rankin in, that's big. He was a sub, uh, sorry, Rankin in. Sorry, Rochelle was a sub last week. So Rankin's had issues with suspension and with a hamstring as well. Um, so I think Adelaide at home, do they have a little bit more to play for? Technically they do because they're just sitting out of the eight at the moment. Um, and, I, and I think at home really swings it. I think it's going to be a great game though. But what we've seen from Adelaide in the last couple of weeks is that they haven't been able to really finish off games. Sydney have, um, I'm sort of contradicting myself here, but saying that Adelaide at home, I'll tip them by 10 points. The Western Bulldogs will beat the West Coast Eagles and yep. will probably beat them by 10 to 12 goals. Uh, they actually have to, the Dogs. Let me just go and have a look. Who have the Western Bulldogs got in the last round? Uh, I can check that. That's a really interesting one, who they've got in the in round 24. Let's have a look. I've got That's it for you. One. They've got the Cats. So I've got Geelong and Cadinia. Park, yeah. Uh, so the Western Bulldogs have to win and win well, and they will. Oh, it's as simple as that. They'll be angry from last week, and they'll get themselves back on track. Um, Western Bulldogs by plenty lose because it's as simple as that. Yeah, I don't think there's no, there's much argument or much having to delve into it any more than we have to. <laughs> Melbourne and Hawthorne, it's a bit of a danger game for Melbourne with Hawthorne playing good football. Uh, Melbourne, I think, had a bit of a blip last week. They'll come back and possibly get themselves into a situation. Uh, well, if yeah, well, they could get themselves to avoid Collingwood this weekend. If Brisbane lose, Melbourne could get into two v three. Which is what they want. They want to avoid Collingwood, I would think, and also avoid playing in Brisbane. That would be the ultimate thing. But and I think they'll beat Melbourne. Um, I think they'll beat Hawthorne. I think Melbourne will win by twenty points. Yeah, big, big occasion this one too, David. Before we look at the football, um, as well. Um, this is the first uh, sort of the BCNA Pink Lady game, David, since twenty eighteen. Okay. So big occasion for that. Of course, um, re- raising funds and awareness for for breast cancer and all that around the country. So that's big. Um, for the league and for the BCNA as well. We've actually got a fundraiser um, coming to Horsham later in the year. I'll chat about that down the line at some stage as well because it's got some AFL players involved. Um, so I'll chat about that at a, late, at a later stage, potentially next week when we review this one. But yeah, going to the football itself, um, Melbourne, interesting to see how they go about it. They've had some injury issues of their own, of course, with Harrison Petty um, going out of the side with that injury Dave, that ended his season. And they've brought some tall reinforcements in as well. Of course, these sides uh, won't be confirmed till tomorrow um, at 5 p.m. But Spargo in gives us some pressure. Laurie uh, Tomlinson behind the football too. And Josh Shackey um, coming into the extended side as well. So that'll be interesting to see how they go for it in front of the football. Uh, for Hawthorne, in come Tyler Brockman, Sarong, Ryan, Ramsden, Hustaway and Long. Out, of course, goes Wingard, we spoke about too. But the big the big loss for uh, Hawthorne Davis is Mitch Lewis with a foot. I think that really swings it. We all know how good Melbourne's intercepting defenders are. And, of course, um, Petty's not there, but he's played forward. But Jake Lever, Stephen May, that battle with uh, that battle last week with Kerno was uh, one of the great one-on-one battles. Though we don't see uh, uh, a key forward and key defender go out at one-on-one very much anymore. There's, of course, all that third player over the top. Uh, that we see so often. But, yeah, that Lewis um, injury swings it even more for me, Melbourne, and I still think they'll get five or potentially even six goals on them, David. And it'd be interesting to pick your brain here as to who you think uh, is 
if you think Port Adelaide are a dead set cert against Fremantle over at Optus Stadium, I, I think they'll win. I think they've got themselves back. And remember, they're, they're, everybody in the top four is trying to avoid playing Collingwood at the MCG. With yeah. a possible exception of Melbourne, I probably wouldn't worry Melbourne as much. But Port Adelaide have a perfect opportunity, and I mean perfect, to get with, uh, as I said, I think Brisbane will lose this weekend and Port Adelaide could easily be in second place getting two home finals after this weekend. Yeah, and that would be the key for them as well. Two home finals uh, would be would be great for them, much like it would be, again, having those big home ground advantages, David, like Port do and like Port and, and like Fremantle and West Coast do when they play at home. It's, it, it's big for them. And I think Port Adelaide will get the job done away from home um, 4.40 Australian Eastern uh, Standard Time, 2.40 over there in Perth for Fremantle. Wilson comes in, Emmett, uh, Travis Collier and Bailey Banfield. Uh, Michael Walters out with a calf, David. Neil Erasmus was a sub last week. He's a very good young midfielder. Um, for Port Adelaide, Boat, Mead and Jackson in. Uh, of course, they've got no outs at the moment due to the uh, the squad cutoff being 5pm tomorrow. I still think Port Adelaide have... And they've played consistent football. They've been up and down, of course, the last month. They've lost the last four, um, but I still think they'll get the better of Fremantle, who have uh, sort of bounced back a little bit. But Justin Longmuir and the Brains Trust over there are still up under a lot of pressure. I'll tip Port Adelaide, David, and I'll tip them by three goals. And we'll, be go- we'll head up, be heading off to Wimmera football very shortly. Brownlow medal leaderboard. The only player in the top couple that tipped up anything, any votes at all, was actually Christian Petrarca, who got half a vote. So the top five are Jordan Dawson on 24 and a half. Zach Butters has now jumped him. Let me just see if Butters picked up a three. I don't think he did. Oh, he got a two. That's why he's jumped. Butters is on 26. Petraka, 28 and a half. Montepelli, 29 and a half. And of course, Nick Dacos has finished on 30. Um, gee, it's going to be a fascinating. This could be a last round Brownlow drop, to be quite honest with you. And it's going to be very interesting. But I still think Petraka and Bontempelli have it. Butters has been fantastic. He's just been unbelievable. So so is Jordan Dawson. So they're going to be fascinating to watch over the next two weeks, Louis. Yeah, Butters, he had 34, two tackles, seven clearances on the weekend, David. My money probably still with Bontempelli at this stage. He's been consistent um, throughout throughout the whole season. He had he was slight, slightly on the quiet end for him. He had 23, but eight, eight tackles, seven clearances, and nearly 700 metres gained as well which is big. But yeah, Petrarca, he kicked, I think, two goals in that low-scoring game at a wet MCG there on Saturday night. Whilst there was a, a, another a, another code happening on Saturday night, which everybody else is watching until at least half-time. So uh, big there. But yeah, l- last round Brownlow, which we haven't had, David, really the last couple of years. So great to see uh, a Brownlow go down as, as we think potentially to the last round or two. Yeah, when Ollie Wines won it, I think Bontempelli was going along well. Then Wines just went. Wines, I think, won five or six best and fairest in his last seven games of, or best on grounds. He was unbelievable. Came home with a wet sail. The winner of our football netball league, the footy, the five is decided. And we discussed this last week, but it is with one game to go. Um, Ararat, uh, runaway in my minor premiers, and I'm not sure if anyone's going to stop them. Horsham and um, Southern Mallee will play in their qualifying final in a week's time on the Saturday. And then Minyat Matara and Dimbula, uh, who've got Ararat this weekend. And Dimbula are getting the benefits, playing Ararat last round, they're getting the benefits of their percentage because they're um, to a 25% in front of Stall, who are also on 32 points. But unfortunately for Stall, they've got to buy this weekend. So, um, yeah, it's uh, Ararat, then Horsham Saints, Southern Mallee 2 and 3, 
four and five minute Matara and Dimbula. And Louis, where are you heading to this weekend, yeah, please? I'm, I'm up to Dimbula, David. So yeah, Dimbula and Ararat. I'm um, spent time with the Dimbula camp in the last couple of weeks. So when when they had their buy last week, so that'll be big. And as you said, their top five set. And as you said there, and as we spoke about off camera earlier, um, Stall having the buy this week doesn't help them. But yeah, Ararat and Dimbula will be big this weekend, David. Horsham Saints have Neil. That's two v seven. That'll actually be a pretty decent game as well. And Southern Mallee uh, were handed a, a shock loss. Warwick won their first game of the season last weekend by two points over the Giants. So they'll be trying to uh, trying to get their finals camp, well, get ready for their finals campaign when they host Horsham Demons, David, at Bueller. So some big games this weekend. No, nothing having them bearing on finals, David, with uh, the top five set, but some good football before, before all the finals start next weekend. And where are Dimbula and Ararat in the first division net in first grade netball? Where are they? Are they either of them a chance? No. So so Dimbula are a, a fifth, David, at the moment. Ararat are actually two games back in six. So um, Dimbula, Dimbula, sorry, sorry, excuse me, Neil are in fourth, and they play the Horsham Saints, who are undefeated in the first, David. So if it goes the way it potentially should, um, with with a Dimbula win over Ararat, that would mean that uh, Dimbula going to fourth. Neil into fifth, and that would mean a well. It's going to be a elimination final between the between the two either way, David. But yeah, local ri- rivals uh, going at it um, in an elimination final. That also means well, it's going to happen regardless. The top five is also set in the netball. That's going to be Horsham Saints have the week off as the minor premier, uh, and then Horsham Demons and Stall play in the qualifying final next Saturday. Fantastic! Well, that that is great to see, and it's fascinating that both of the top division. Minor premiers are undefeated. That's extraordinary. That I reckon that it almost never happened ever. So that that is an amazing stat. I, I looking at from afar and just the, the standard of results and Ararat's amazing defensive record. They're going to be very hard. You just wonder if someone could get them on a one-off on a terrible rotten day and the wind's howling. Whether someone just you know does something out of this world, but I, I, I tend to doubt that. I, I don't think they're going to get beaten. Yeah, well, Dimbula back in round nine, David, in their first meeting, are actually the closest that anyone's got as anyone's been all year. They got done by five points in the end, and that came down to a, a late Jack Ganley goal for Ararat in the in the last sixty seconds. So Dimbula is the closest actually that anybody's got in the regular season all, all year. And is weather good forecast good for this weekend in Western Victoria? Well, if it's anything like today, David, driving back from Stall in the in the wind and the rain, it's not meant to be great, but. Forecast sort of a middle or two of rain every day. So if the wind stays down, that's probably what the players want a little bit more, but maybe a little bit of drizzle um, for the next few days at least. And we had some frost down here, I, I believe. It was, well, it was Tuesday morning, we had a little bit of frost. So some, still some cool mornings, but um, hopefully some good conditions for football and for taking photos, David. Yeah, and hopefully the cockies get a bit of rain. That They, they never complain. Whenever you, You've never seen a farmer, an unhappy farmer when there's mud around. Louis, look, it's been fantastic tonight. Thank you for coming back and doing what you've done and then basically walking the door from your job and doing this podcast. I really appreciate it. It's been great to talk to you. Fascinating. Joel. Next week's podcast can be really, really interesting. There's going to be so much. Well, potentially there's so much at stake. Um, there'll be a couple of sides probably knocked out this weekend. They might be leading to 10 teams making possibly well, mate, you might be looking at six teams making the bottom the 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 bottom four. And Carlton, of course, is still an outside chance of making the top four, which is absolutely remarkable. It is still up for grabs, David. I think it was like 
about, about six, six sides looking for the last two or three spots in the eight. And just before we go, um, of course, AFL Sydney uh, finals get underway this weekend, David. Going through the regular season, we've got finals at the round one, the uh, the qualifying final again, the same format as Wimmera top five. So this That's qualifying right. final is UNSW Eastern Suburbs. They've got Pennant Hills. Um, what and- a game that's going to be. Oh, my goodness. And the UNSW team for one week's got their VFL players available. So what, Romanski? Rem- Rem- Romanski's already there. Guys okay. like Con, Mitchell yep. Con can play. Enderman's out with a broken jaw, but there are there's a few players that'll come back. But the most important one, if they pick him, is the Phelan medalist. Yeah. So that, and so then that, the, the, the the women's is East Coast and Manly, which is a repeat of uh, a replay of last year's grand final. And fascinatingly, last year it was the same as last year's second semi was also East Coast and Manly. You remember? Yeah, it was, and and in the uh, elimination final on the men's side to Sydney Uni. Uh, and Manly Warringah, so that'll also uh, be be a decent game. Sydney Uni, of course, have got that great defence. I've seen Spencer Crockmore's been in and out of the side of, of late too. He, he played well last week. Kieran Emery had a week off. He'd, he'd taken a small knock and had the week off and still get a uni one, New South Wales Uni won. Interestingly, you might have, um, there's a bloke who was playing in the SANFL reserves called Frayne Babich, who's an North Shore junior. Manly's got him back playing and he's a six foot nine ruckman, and he's completely taken manly by storm. And whereas I reckon before Babbage had got there, I would have said that Sydney Uni were twenty five point favourites. I, I still think they are, but this guy Babbage makes a big difference. He's going to have a massive battle against Monty Veldhouse. Veldhouse himself from the went to the same school as the Selwoods. He's from Bendigo, but that'll be a massive battle. But Babbage is just dynamite and getting the ball down the ground and. Uh, he's going to bring their ball players into play. And then, of course, the women's minor semi is Sydney Uni and Mac Uni. Um, all of those games this weekend are at Blacktown International Sports Park. And the second week of the finals is at Henton Park with them giving Blacktown a bit of a rest. So it's Blacktown this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, both games on KO and the AFL Facebook page at 11 and 1, Louis. Yeah, and you'll just have to read mine all online and look at my photos. So, no, looking forward to that. AFL Sydney, of course, finals getting underway. And, we had the majority of finals in the in the top two grades in Premier Division men's and women's at all at Henson Park last year. But you're going to have to uh, ferry yourself out to Blacktown and the superb facility uh, for broadcasting out there, David. Yeah, we did one uh, weekend at Blacktown last year. I'm actually looking forward. It's a great place to call from. And I, I don't have to climb as many bloody stairs as I do at Henson. <laughs> My legs get very sore going up there 15 times in a day. Louis, thank you so much for your time. It's been great talking to you. Good. Um, I hope you enjoy this weekend at the footy. Good luck to your pies tomorrow night. And I look forward very much to talking to you next Thursday. It'll be a fascinating catch-up leading into the final round of the AFL. Looking forward to it, David. Best of luck with the call this weekend, and we'll go catch up then. Thank you. On behalf of Lucas James Holmes, this is David Redden. You all take care. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.